Hello friends, welcome. My name is Joe. This is the Joe Martino Show and today we are going to talk about life is hard. How do we respond? What is our mindset when life gets hard? How can we help ourselves have a better life experience? Let's kick it off. This is the Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello, friends. Welcome back. I want to talk to you today about something that I feel is overlooked and often undervalued in how we approach life, and that is our mindset. I'm hoping that today, when you're done listening to this, you'll take some time to consider your mindset. And I think that this is something that we can all fall victim to, that is something that we can all struggle with, is is looking at our mindset. Even this morning, I got an email about something I was trying to do, and it said, nope, sorry, we're not going to do it with you, but you can appeal it here. Okay, so then I need to get into that, and I need to wrestle with that, and I need to figure that out. And as we run that out, as as we get to that place, uh, it can be very difficult. And you think about parenting. I watched a video recently where someone in a field adjacent to mine um, was talking with a mother and she was just talking about how hard parenting is. And the person that was interviewing her, there wasn't really an interview, but a person was interacting with her. He did a good job of asking questions like, okay, well, so one of the things that we know is, is when we have a mindset that starts, our brain looks for activities that confirm that. So the difference between an optimist and a pessimist is not that the optimist has more good things happen to them and the pessimist has more bad things happen to them. It is typically that the optimist has trained their brain to find and retain the positive things and the pessimist has trained their brain to find and retain the negative things. And so the guy doing the interview kind of pointed this out to her and he asked her like, hey, is there any evidence in your parenting that that you could look at and say, actually, parenting teenagers is fun? Or is there anything that you could look at that you're currently saying, well, see, here's the proof that parenting teenagers is so hard. And maybe you could reframe that to be something a little bit different in how you look at parenting, which is a great question. It's a fantastic question because it's something that you and I have to really wrestle with. And it's two things. One, what am I looking for in every situation? Am I looking for proof that something is really hard? Or is there another way that I can frame what's going on? I feel like mindset gets a bad rap in our society. Like it's almost like, oh yeah, that's just some sort of psychological foo-foo that doesn't really work. But it really does work. It really does change things. I want to spend a few minutes thinking about the implications of the research that says the difference between an optimist and a pessimist is how they've trained their brain. What are the potential implications of that for anxiety? Isn't that an interesting question? And some of you may be angry with me right now because as you listen to that, you're kind of thinking, well, what are you saying? My anxiety is because that's how I've trained my brain. That's not true. I can't help it. I'm going to push and actually say, yeah, that is somewhat of what I'm saying. Now, here's the thing. I want to be clear. I think that there are things that we get anxious about and anxiety can be a good thing because it you know it helps us stay alive but certainly there is a truth that we can look at our anxiety and as we grow we can decide how do we train our brain to first of all respond to situations but then secondly respond to the anxiety that we're feeling and often we use words that are disempowering that makes me anxious I can't help being anxious well that's not accurate neither one of those statements are accurate I feel anxiety is the most accurate statement there or maybe they're accurate I don't actually I can't even 
wouldn't say that. I was going to say maybe they're accurate, but they're not completely accurate. I just don't believe anything makes us anything. We can feel that in the moment. And so one of the things that we have to start looking at is what is our mindset? Because here's the thing. Our mind may well be the most powerful tool that we have. It may well be the most powerful tool that we have to change our situation in life, whether it's we're dealing with anxiety, we're, we're feeling defeated, we're feeling discouraged, whatever it is, the most powerful tool we have is our mind. I can see this so regularly when I'm working with couples and I'm talking to them about mindset and often they don't like it in the beginning. They want me to talk to them purely about behaviors. They want me to talk to them purely about communication. I've said this before, I'll say it again. There is a joke amongst almost every relationship therapist I know. Every couple that comes in, their only problem is communication. In reality, often their problem is mindset. Parenting, people who come in struggling with parenting, it's mindset. I love parenting. Now, does that mean I don't find it hard? No, I do find it hard. But when I think of parenting, oh man, that's hard is not the first thing I think. To be honest with you, I actually think, man, parenting is fun. It is hard. I've walked through uh, my kids going through some very painful things in their interpersonal relationships. And I believe that the best thing I can do for them is to, you know, sit out of it and offer support, but not actually get involved or intervene. And that's really hard. I've walked through seasons of life where my kids as teenagers felt really unreasonable. And that is hard. But that is not the first thing I think of when I think of parenting. My mindset about parenting is I love it. And so I wonder how much of that then becomes a thing that starts to seek out proof that, hey, parenting is fun. I enjoy it. I love it. And and your mindset literally dictates the radar that your brain uses. So when I'm working with couples and often they'll walk in and what they really are saying to me is, Joe, listen, we, we have problems in our relationship and I need to own some of those. But the reality is that the majority of the problems in my relationship are my spouse. So if you tell him what to do, if you tell her what to do, my relationship will get better because I'll come along. Or more accurately to reflect their view, if you tell him what to do, if you tell her what to do, our relationship will get better because I won't have to do the bad things that I do anymore because of the bad things that they do. And this mindset traps them. When the mindset shifts to, I am 100% responsible for my behaviors. I am 100% responsible for everything that I do. Everything changes. I am 100% responsible for how I treat my wife, my children, my neighbor, the people that I don't like, the people that I do like. When that mindset shift happens, everything changes. That total ownership, whatever the problem is, I am 100% responsible to fix it. That is a mind shift game changer. And and a lot of times the pushback is where you're saying I'm I'm, I'm to blame. I, I don't even think in those terms, but I do know this. I don't care who's to blame when we can figure out who's responsible to change it. And if you can change it, why wouldn't you? Whatever it is. And sometimes there are compelling reasons not to, but it does become a, what is it that I'm trying to change? Is it me, my mindset, or is it another person? Or even when it comes to something you're going through, are you are you in graduate school? Are you in college? Are you parenting? Right. One of the things I tell parents of, of young children, I personally think parenting young children, especially multiples, so like you have three kids under five, two kids under four, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's the hardest age of parenting because their needs are so much higher than your teenagers, their physical needs. And you can't pause, right? Because you've got to kind of keep an eye on them so they don't burn the house down or, or, or hurt themselves. And as you get older, that changes. As, as you get older, as you get older, they get older. And so that changes. And yet the thing I always tell people is it's okay. Like, like I was talking to a mom one time, she was very upset because she had multiple kids and she felt like her life was wasted because she couldn't do any of the things that she wanted to do outside of her kids. And I told her, I said, look, this is like seven years of your life. Seven years of, if you live 40 more years, that's 
that's nothing. If you live 50 more years, it's even less. And, you know, and she probably realistically, she was in her, her late 20s, early 30s. She was going to live a long time. And right now, here's a mind shift. Oftentimes what happens is we will think that whatever's going on right now is indicative of the rest of our lives. It's just the way it's always going to be. And that mind shift has to change to, nope, this is just a season of my life. That's one mind shift we can make. Whatever it is that I'm going through right now that I don't like, it's just a season of my life. And the seasons of our life not only will change, but they should change. The things that will be important to you if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this, I've got news for you. In 10 years, the things that are important to you are going to be different than the things that are important to you today. Not everything, but some of those things are going to change. And that's good. We want these mind shift changes. We want to change our mind shift. If we are fixating on how hard something is, we're literally devaluing our ability to shift our perspective, to reframe something. And here's one of the things that happens. I think it's Jordan Peterson. I'm not sure. And I know that there are people who are like, oh, he's the gateway to the alt-right. That's just a funny, to me, that's a funny sentence. Uh, But I think it was him who said, look, we all think, we all need to think to organize. But by and large, we think out loud by talking. And so the whole point of this today is, how are you talking to yourself? What is your mind shift that needs to happen? Because everybody I know has to have a mind shift at some place somewhere. And I know I don't like universals, but we have to have a mind shift. How are you talking to yourself to organize your thoughts about how you're viewing what's going on in your life. Are you moving? I just talked to one of my uh, therapists that works for our company and she just bought a home and she's very excited and she's talking to herself about all the things she has to get done to organize it. She's talking to herself about, you know what? Moving is hard and it's also very exciting because that means you own a home. And it's both, right? It's not either or, it's both. And so like, you, you know, you hear people, oh, I got to go exercise. Okay. No, actually there are people that would kill for the opportunity to be able to exercise because they're stuck in a hospital bed or a wheelchair and they can exercise. So you get the opportunity to go exercise. There's a mind shift. Oh, my wife is so crazy. She's just a life-sucking person. Okay, you chose her. And really, like, is that all? Oh, yeah, that's all there is. She didn't do anything good. Like, I literally hear this stuff in the room. Okay, sometimes we certainly, we are married to people who are just toxic and mean and they bring awful things. But a lot of times I see couples who could be far better off than they are because they refuse to make a mind shift in how they talk to themselves. And let's talk about anxiety. Right. I started out with that. We're going to end with that over the next few minutes. If we believe the research that says the difference between an optimist and a pessimist is just how they train their brain, we have to take into account how are we training our brain for things like anxiety and even depression? How how are we training our brain for those things? Are we constantly talking to ourselves, which is the verbal expression of how we organize our thoughts in a disempowering way? Are we constantly talking to ourselves in a way that, well, this is just, I'm so anxious about this. This is just so hard. This is just so whatever the negative connotation would be there. If that's what's driving us, if that's how we're expressing ourselves, we're literally training our brain to be on the lookout for all of those negative things. I am not suggesting that we ignore that things are difficult. But one of the things that I've learned to make a mind shift on, this is really hard. I'll say that. And then I will also say, but what in life is worth having that isn't really hard? Typically, the result of hard things is some level of growth. I've talked about this before. Often I'll say life is hard because it's supposed to be hard because that is how we learn. I had an intern who almost lost her mind in an intern supervision over that. Like, I mean, she physically, she transformed physically when I said that. And she was like, that is not true. And her voice raised and she started like pointing her whole hand at me, almost like a tomahawk chop, like rah, 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 rah. Three months later, she admitted to me that she just lied because she needed to get something done. She's like, yeah, I just lied to you because I was anxious 
and I couldn't help it. Her mind shift needs to be, life is hard because it's supposed to be hard because that's how we learn. And I would suggest she needs to mind shift from, it's probably not okay to lie just because you're anxious. Like it wasn't an apology when she admitted it. She just flat out said, I lied because I was nervous. She'll never work for me, ever. I'll never offer her another job, right? Because being an intern is a job. But not only that, I'll be nervous about working with any agency that she does work with. Well, Joe, you should mind shift that. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I'd have to see changes, right? Like I would be very cautious might be a better word. But the mind shift that has to happen is she's got to move away from this idea of, well, you know, I just, uh, I can't help it. That's not true. That is not true true. I just can't help yelling because I'm anxious. Not true. Or back to, yeah, this is hard. And I've said this before. In fact, the same time I had that intern, we were talking one time about how one of my great frustrations in graduate school was when people would be like, oh man, this is so hard. I got to write a paper. And I would often say to them, you're in grad school. What what did you think this was going to be like? Did you think it was just going to be like you show up and you color in with crayons by the number? How did you think this was going to go? And another intern got very upset and she was like, well, but you're a counselor. I was like, first of all, I wasn't a counselor then. I was also a graduate student, but counseling is something I do. It's not who I am. And also mind shift. Sometimes counselors need to call out bad thinking patterns or bad behaviors. And if we don't do that, I'm not sure that we're doing our clients any good. But again, mind shift. I was a graduate student asking other people what their expectations were about graduate school. And that is a healthy thing. So we've talked about this before. When I find myself having big emotions, like negative emotions, I'll often ask myself, what did I expect to happen here? And how did it go? And is that why I'm reacting this way? Is that why I'm having this this feeling rise up inside of me? What was I expecting? What were the behaviors that I was hoping to see? And so for you, I would ask you, what do you do? How do you talk to yourself when things get hard? How do you view things like marriage and parenting and raising children? And what is it that you're talking to yourself about because that's how you're organizing your thoughts. And those thoughts are then driving how you perceive things. What are the glasses, the lenses, the radar that you're putting over your eyes to help you navigate life? When you come across something that you find hard or anxiety-inducing or difficult or you just don't like, how could you reframe it? Well, what does reframing look like? It's trying to find the positives, not in a made-up, you know, fake sweet way, but in a real way. Like, okay, there's this is hard, but there's a benefit to it for me. There is a benefit to my body. Like, if you think about physical exercise, there are days that going to the gym it just sucks. Like I have often said a bad day at the gym is probably better than a a good day of doing nothing. But that's because a bad day at the gym helps you build. But there are some days you just take it off. You know what? I'm just not in the place to go to the gym today. And going to the gym is a privilege, not a chore. Reading. Well, my daughter and I were talking about how uh, she went from a, I hate books and will never read them to now she's like, dad, I need a bookshelf. Like I, I need to figure out how to organize the books in my room. Okay, cool. What happened? She had a mind shift because she purposely engaged the habit of reading over the course of a whole school year. She was forced to by her school. Either way, shout out Lowell Lowell School school district, uh, Lowell, Michigan. But either way, she had a mind shift because of her behavior, which then changed her behavior. Because a mind shift is an intentional behavior. How else can I see this? What's one of the biggest things we do in counseling is we help clients kind of back away from whatever it is they're seeing and say, are there other ways that you could see this? And that's the question I want to leave you with today. Are there other ways that you could lens or put a lens on the, the things that you are trying to do, the things that are struggling? with, the things that you are uh, hoping to do, but there's these other things coming in. Maybe it is parenting. Maybe you're like, oh my word, I, I just need the baby to sleep one night. And 
comparative grief is dangerous, but there is a value to remembering when you didn't have kids. Well, I never wanted kids. I had somebody tell me this once. Well, I have two kids and I never wanted them, period. It was just, it was just an accident how it happened. Okay. Then can you make a mind shift to what are the blessings that the kids have brought to your life? These are the questions that you, you need to ask. These are the questions that when you do ask them, they can be very helpful. How can you look at what's going on in your life differently? How can you put a different lens over your eyes to view it differently? I was working with a couple one time and uh, they both came as a couple and then they both came individually for counseling. So three sessions a week and it that's emotionally taxing. Well, two sessions a week for each person. So emotionally taxing. And at one point, one of the people was like, you know, he, my spouse just isn't making the growth that I would like for them to make in this space. And I feel like they're quitting. And I pointed out, I was like, well, if they're quitting, they're showing up every week. They're doing what I'm asking them to do. They're just not very good at it yet, but they're better than they were. And that became a mind shift for that client. And this is true in individual therapy. Sometimes we'll be working with a couple or with individuals and they'll come in and they're engaging in something and they're trying to work through something. Thing. And as they as they try to run down health, obviously they come in and their focus is on the things that they're doing that are not exactly healthy. Because we have to look at those so that we can replace those behaviors with healthy behaviors. And often I will have to remind the client, hey, let's not lose sight of how far you've come. Let's make that mind shift change from, oh man, I've got all this work to do and, and that means I'm never going to get it done to I've got all this work to do and look at all the work I've done. Look at all the things that I've been able to improve in my life. Look how I've been able to change how I respond in certain situations. And I can leverage those behaviors to then change in other situations. All right. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me, joe at joemartino.com. Please put podcast in the subject line so that I know it's about the podcast. And I look forward to hearing from you. I try to answer every email I get. Sometimes I don't, but mostly by and large, I do uh, answer every email that I get about the show. If you have any questions, feel free to send them in. If there's a topic that you would like me to talk about, feel free to send that in. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend and hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.